Every single one of us has a billion dollars in our brain. And you know who knows that? Your boss. And you know who gets to capture that upside? Your boss. And he does. Every time when you walk in that building and you help him make all that money, he knows your worth. He, they don't, they aren't ignorant to your worth. You are ignorant to your worth. And they do it on purpose because they want to make it so that you are ignorant to your worth. I don't know anybody, anybody who has left their job and has made less than what they're making on their job. I woke up today and I was like, damn, like I don't even got to do shit and I'm good. Tweet Talk, episode 97. A little music, please. Are we on the air, Tweet sugar? Talk, what it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Yes. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Meganet himself, Charles Oglesby. And Raphael Husband. And we really got to revamp that cover. We got to take that. Uh, I need a professional picture of myself, not the money picture, especially since I'm getting out of the vending machine business. We out there selling the vending machine location. Yeah. Because it's it's hard, man. But I had this thought and I think I shared it with Bree and I was like, you know what? Let's get multiple vending machine route runners. Yeah. So instead of having one person be responsible for the whole route, let's have one person dominate three locations. Another person dominate three locations. You can do three locations in the week. You yeah. can have them out there every other twice a week. And then I look like a dope business person when all I did was instead of playing one person to do the work of two people, I pay two people to do the work of two people. They're happier. They're less stressed out. Right. Business is a process, man. And we always be expecting business to just get it right. Man, I got so much to talk about that. Hopefully we could talk about that. But episode what again, Raphael? 97. Episode 97. We don't have anybody for that, but I do got a good microphone today. So shout out to the good mic. Hopefully you guys can tell the quality of my microphone. Today we have a guest with us by the name of Brianna Coleman, a.k.a. The Thorough VA. What's up, Brianna? Tell the people who you are and what you do. So I own a virtual assistant and social media management company by the name of The Thorough VA. Um, I provide a lot of administrative services for business owners, as well as help them with just um, a lot of their social media management. So whether it's answering DMs or um, helping with content planning or hashtag strategy. Um, so I try to help with all of that. So um, I definitely do a bunch of stuff. Um, so that's very small. My explanation is very small compared to all the stuff that I do. But yeah. The key to um, Brianna's success is she actually wants to be a VA. She's not just somebody who's like, I want to be, I mean, maybe she does. It's like, I want to be Todd. So I'll be his VA until I could be Todd. <laughs> and then they don't be doing no VA stuff. She yeah. comes in, she be doing the VA stuff and she's great at the VA stuff and she's enthusiastic about doing the VA stuff. And because of that, you know, we just going to help her grow her VA business and hopefully scale it and get some sub VAs. About knowing your strengths too. Like I know that this is something that I'm good at, you know, so I, and I enjoy doing it. So that's really helpful as well, you know, to add to that aspect of it. So yeah, I definitely enjoy what I do for sure. Shout out to you. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't think I could do the VA thing. Most dudes won't. <laughs> yeah, it's no, really. I mean, most guys don't do virtual stuff. I mean, it is a very woman dominated um, industry, I think, even if you look outside of the United States, you know, because the first time I, I had ever really heard of a VA was somebody who was based outside of the country. 
I didn't really know a lot of people who, you know, were from the United States and did virtual assistant work. So even yeah. outside of the country, they, a lot of the virtual assistants are women. So it's a yeah. dominated uh, area. So. And Brianna helps to run the uh, Todd Capital Business Development Rice and Wine Group. She's very yeah. key in that. You know, the <laughs> crazy part about it is like, I just, I have the ability to delegate things to her and she gets it done. I've had people in the past who they just want to do what they want to do. They're like, well, I just do marketing. This marketing is me. And so it's like, there's other facets of the business that I need you to be a part of. But by her being willing to step into the mastermind now, she's getting other people that want to work with her. She's being able to talk to everybody in the mastermind. So don't be so narrow minded, y'all. Be open to the possibilities that wherever they might take you. We all have this like perfect view of what we want our our business and our career to look like. I never thought I'd be the options dude, man, but I'm going to embrace the hell out of that. I thought I was going to be long distance real estate. I thought I was going to be Detroit real estate. And turns out people were getting value from the options. So it's like, it just makes sense for me to double down on that as opposed to trying to make the market bend to my will. You got to bend yourself to the market's will. What's going on, Raphael? Definitely tell you what they want you to do. Yep. Yeah, def- uh, and it's funny because um, you got to say yes to everything at first. Say yes to everything and, you know, get started, get fancy later. And you take on all the business. Then when you get all the business, you could ha- you could hire up the price you don't like. Like just because she's a VA doesn't mean she has to do all the VA stuff. Right. She's not just a VA. She has a VA company. And she was I was on the call with her earlier and she was saying that she's she's got to start hiring more people because yeah. the business is coming in. Yeah, especially, you know, with the business coming in, it's it's almost as if like when you get to a point that you feel like I can't bring on, I can't even take on anything else because I don't have enough time, you know, in the day to be able to do it. That's when I started to realize, like, OK, maybe I do need to, you know, look into bringing somebody else on the team because I can't do everything all myself. You know, I mean, I know people like to think that they can do everything themselves, but it's just not feasible, you know, and I know my strengths. So I know if I bring somebody else on who maybe can help, you know, um, you know, not piece into what my, you know, what my weaknesses are, but find somebody who, you know, they're strong in some of the areas that I may be weak to help me, you know, develop my business even more. And so, yeah, it's definitely, um, definitely a process. But. She's doing everything you're supposed to be doing. You double down on what you're good at. Um, opportunities will flow to you. And then you take on so much that you got to delegate. Everybody ever, I put out a post and it was talking about hating jobs, right? And um, somebody's like, well, do you have employees? I was like, I have partners. I was like, people that work with me, I'm one of their clients. They're not just like somebody who's just like uh, a minion. We always talk about never be, a, never be a minion, always be an owner. But like the crazy part about it is everybody who works with me is now taking on so much that they have to bring in people underneath them. Um, Jamari Digital Media, he's like, I got to bring on two people. I've just been feeding him clients. And that's what I always do. But it really what really matters and what's most important, man, is like I don't want people who get around me and I invest in them and I pour into them and they're like, all right, well, I'm gonna go do my own thing. Like I feel like Jay Dame Dash says it all the time. He's like, I, I do business with people. And like when we get to the point to where we need to go, they run off and now we can't get any money together. And so the goal is to get money together because all of us isn't a Brie. All of us isn't a Raphael. All of us isn't a me, but we need all of us to function. You can't just have Steph Curry running up and down the court by himself with nobody setting blocks, nobody getting rebounds for him, nobody passing the ball. 
And this is my my the thing I've been saying for the longest time is like we got to play business like we play sports. We have to all play our role and we'll ultimately all get a chip. I was watching Beyonce, man, and she was on this. She was doing some like some video and it was Beyonce dancing with two dancers. And I was like, why couldn't they just been Kelly and Michelle? Like, why couldn't they just be them? Like, I know they still got a good friendship, but if you're going to go out there and dance with two other people, why not continue to bring the people on with you? I don't know why. I don't know what happened with them, but Beyonce is definitely an anomaly. Usually when they split up from the group, they take L's. Cisco ain't never made another hit. Omarion ain't never made another hit. Uh, Justin Timberlake has kind of been up and down. They had their most success when they're with the team, when they're with the group. So you can never get too big for the group. You can never get, you can never start thinking that it's just, it's just a Justin Timberlake show, man. Rock with us. Raphael, I'm telling you, you'll benefit more by rocking with me than you will by robbing me. Right. And by the way, folks, I did not, I'm not robbing you. <laughs> Raphael's not a robber. He wouldn't be around this long if he was a, a robber. He's not. I'm playing, playing, playing. You definitely got to get down with the group, man, because being with the group is just more powerful. Like, it is. The it's opportunity, like, there's three of us on this call. We all, each of us, have a certain amount of power, certain network, whatever. And we can each bring in, let's say we each bring in like 100 opportunities. Now that's 300 opportunities for the group instead of just 100 for each person. But it, like, it, it compounds. Like, it's not it's not the same as 100 each. It's like 300 each now instead, even though this, the math don't kind of don't make sense, but it just compounds. And it's just, it's just better, man. Yeah. It's just better. Definitely, definitely. I'm trying to get some people in here now. How long have you been doing the um the VA business? So I have officially been um, like done my VA business for almost six months now. Mm-hmm. Um, officially, so I officially started my business in um in February. But prior to that, I did work as a um, independent HR contractor. So I did some independent HR contract work. Um, and then I worked in HR and things like that, like at a regular nine to five. So a lot of the skills I do now, I basically did at my nine to five. So. You know what I think is funny? You, you got to tell the story, man, how you started the business. Cause... Oh, man. Unmute him. Unmute him. <laughs> oh, is he? Oh, shit. <laughs> Okay, so I will tell. (laughs) I don't even know how that happened. So I will tell my story just a little bit. But um, basically, so two weeks. So I took a course um, by Mm. Annalisa Abel. Um, She also goes by just Annalisa on social media. I'm going to get a chance to hear this week. I took her course. Um, and basically I had saw it, you know, that she was doing some of the stuff that I was doing because I took a course by Andre Hatchett. And um, so I saw that her name was on a whole bunch of stuff. So I was like, you know, maybe she kind of does something that I can do. So I took her course um, about mid-January. Um, I did a lot of thinking of what my name would be. I did a lot of thinking of trying to get everything perfect. Right. And I was just like, at some, somebody asked me, they're like, what day are you going to launch? What day are you going to do this? And I was just like, honestly, like, I'm just about to put it out there. Like, I don't, I'm not about to try to plan that much. I'm not trying to have that much content planned. I'm just about to do it. So February 1st, I got my LLC and all that great stuff. Two weeks later, about two weeks later, I got into a really bad car accident and I broke my leg um, in two places. Mm. So um, I had to have surgery on my leg. I have a metal rod in my leg. It's a, it's a thing. 
Um, so, um, so I'm at home after my surgery. I don't have, I don't have, I mean, I have a job technically, but I can't work because I can't physically go into my job. So I think to myself, well, you started this VA business two weeks ago. You might as well just go ham, like go hard, make content like from your recliner. You can't even walk yet, but you might as well just go hard on your business. So I started, I took like maybe like two and a half weeks off just to, you know, not be in pain and start to heal a little bit. And then I started going super hard, making content, putting myself out there, reaching out to people. Um, and I mean, it's literally been history since then. Um, I've reached out to people, you know, got a couple clients. Um, and I have literally not gone back to my job. Like I quit my job about a month. Like it's been, I think a little over a month now officially that I told my job, like I'm not coming back. Mm. Um, and that was really because I just discovered that although my VA business was supposed to be like a side hustle, like it was supposed to be like, oh, I just want to have a little bit of extra money. Um, you know, I wanted to try to get more into like investing into the stock market and things like that, but it's just turned into what it is now. I mean, I quit my job and now it's just have my VA business. So could you see yourself, could you see yourself going back to a job after leaving and seeing what you could do for yourself? (laughs) No, no, no. Um, especially because I feel like for one, um, you know, obviously, like I said, I broke my leg, so I still have to go to physical therapy and go to doctor's appointments and stuff like that. And that was a big factor in determining whether I would go back to my regular job or not anyways, because like, I mean, and Charles could probably even tell you, like, he didn't even know that I had to go, you know, and do you know, anything because I work everything around my doctor's appointments, physical therapy, things like that. But I always felt like I didn't really fit into a nine to five. Mm. I felt like I went. I felt like I could have been good at it if I just stayed in that mindset of going to work every day, you know, working from nine to five, getting off and, you know, having fun on the weekends. But I just always felt like there has to be more to life than just going to a nine to five every yeah. day. There has to be more than uh, this. Um, How much did you so, pay for and Lisa's course? Um, how much? I think I paid $97. Wow. <laughs> I think you paid so $97. I was, one of, I was one of the first people who took her course. So, um, you know, this was when she first came out with the course. I think I caught it. She might have had it like on a sale or something. Wow. And, um, you know, I took her course and, you know, it's not that price now. I'm going to say that. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So, you know, I definitely I took her course. I mean, I've, I literally made the cost and it doesn't cost a lot to start up a VA business either because as long as you have a I mean she'll tell you as long as you have a phone like you really could do your whole job from your phone so um now I prefer a computer Man. but um but yeah I mean I've made that money back way more than that yeah. <laughs> let's just say right that. right <laughs> so and the only reason I bring that up is because a lot of people are still skeptical skeptical about courses we live in a world now where a lot of times we're selling courses that are way discounted in terms of value for what you're paying. So you might take a course and it's $97, but you're going to make $9,000. Right, right. Oh, yeah. So, oh, it's like the it's a very unique time. And I'm happy that yeah. we're going through it. Definitely. Definitely. I always think, you know, when you I try to think, OK, when I get a course, what am I? I'm not really paying for the course. I'm paying for what I'm going to get out of the course. So if mm. you take a $200 course 
and you don't apply any of the information, well, yeah, you did waste your $200 because you're not applying anything. But if you took that $200 course and applied all of that information you got in there, or even part of the information, I'm pretty sure you'll make, you know, your money, at least your money back, you know, off what, you know, you spent on the course. So 100% because these aren't, we out here charging y'all $5,000 and stuff to be a part of a mastermind or whatever the crazy numbers they have out there where it's just people who like really could care less about your success. I feel like for us who are creating these courses and creating these content, it's like a labor of love. It's like, I want you to have this information, but I'm not just going to give it to you for free. Give me something, please. (laughs) Give me something. But I want you to win. Like I want every single person to be wealthy, to have all the assets, to have the cash flow, to win in the stock market, have a great business. But I don't want to be like a slave for you and just be all the hard work that I put into this, just giving it to you for free. Like, I don't think that is an equal exchange or even an exchange at all. <laughs> so I'm in exchange at all. Exactly. Right. What we got, Raphael? Well, here at Tweet Talk, we talk about building back wealth and we dissect tweets. And Charles, you had a tweet where you said poor people think everything is a scam, mm. but an actual scam. Yeah. Um, we always see people going to the casino trying to rent it up. Like whenever I'm in like Detroit or I'll be in Vegas next weekend, people are just out there trying to like actually make money. Like they think this is a way to come up. Like I'm just going to go to the casino. Like the casino is literally set up for you to lose. They have every system in place for you to lose. Every system in place from the carpet on the floor, from the floor plan, from the fact that there's no windows, from the fact that there's There's no no clocks, from right, from how they pump certain fragrances into the facility, how they give you free drinks. It's literally a scam. They set it up to take your money and give you none on the illusion that you can actually get it. But somebody pops up and they tell you that you can make $9,000 for $97. You go, oh no, that's a scam. It's a scam, dude. They trying to scam me. I'm like, bro, like, like I said, that's a labor of love. These dudes only want you to win. We live in the same community. We have grandparents that look the same. Like my wife looks just like your wife for, you know, it's like, I'm not out here hiding behind some shroud trying to just come up off of your ignorance. Just like the lottery. The lottery is a big ass scam. They set it up. The odds statistically to win the lottery are like zero to a million. And folks be down there every time. Oh, it's the mega millions. I got to buy 80 tickets because I'm a win. Or I mean, people could say college is that. That way people can say that like the whole covid thing was that way everybody <laughs> bought into covid everybody's like covid 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 we can't go outside we gotta hide meanwhile you see cities like atlanta that are thriving through covid and they're even thriving post covid i feel like and this might sound really crazy and i was thinking about this as i was playing golf but a lot of people criticize Donald Trump's approach to COVID. But I think that that fearlessness that he led into COVID gave us the fearlessness to kind of attack COVID because I didn't approach COVID like a scared little bee. I approached COVID like it's my time and I never made more money in my life. I never traveled more in my life. I never enjoyed life more in my life. I was living in a time when I was supposed to be hiding, not spending, not promoting, not growing, not investing. I made more money in investments in my life through COVID. I made a half million dollars just in the stock market. Raphael. And mm-hmm. I probably made more than that. I probably made more than that. I probably made like 600 grand in the stock market during COVID when we're not supposed to make any money. We're supposed to just be scared doing nothing. And so my point is that the only reason why I bring that up is because I want people to think smarter. I want you to see that you're sitting in front of somebody who's teaching you how to make $9,000 and quit your job for $97. And maybe they're doing it because they love you, not because they're trying to scam you. Maybe they're doing that because they want to give you something, not because they're trying to scam you and vice versa. The folks that are trying to give you a bunch of stuff are 
are actually trying to scam you. The people who are out here talking about vote for me and I'm a I'm a I'm a do it for the culture. We're going to save America. They saved everybody but your ass. They have mm. literally not saved you. They have not created no programs to help you, but they're going to intentionally help Asian folks at the drop of a dime. Not the folks who put the election on their back. The Asians didn't save the election, but Asians got a bill passed. Uh, the, 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 the LBGTQ community, they didn't save the election, but they got a bill passed. Are you being scammed? Are you being taken advantage of? You probably are, but you don't see it because the media dictates your perception. The media tells you what's a scam and what's not a scam. The media is going to have you thinking that somebody out here who's putting out pre- free content to help you, who's giving you affordable content to help you, is more dangerous than the person that's putting you into student loan debt for the rest of your life. The person that's going to bring you into their job, they're never going to elevate you. They're never going to give you a raise. And then it's going to let you just spin your wheels for the rest of your life, build wealth for their family. For the re- That's a scam. A job is a scam. But you got me over here telling you to start a business, be a boss, hire folks. And they're like, I can't believe you said that, Charles. I can't believe you want us to be free. It's a lot of scams that they don't think that are scams, man. And and people will come to me and they'll say, I'm crazy to say I'm wrong. But the best part about success is I don't got to debate anymore. I just got a point at the scoreboard now. Like, that's <laughs> what I do. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I'm crazy. I'm wrong. For sure. Right. What do you say about scams, man? I mean, you already said something before, but anything else you want to add to that? Um, I think just, well, what can I really say about scams? I think that, you know, a lot of people kind of similar to, you know, what Charles said, basically, you know, they kind of look at what other people are saying about things. And, you know, um, I think there is kind of like that kind of a culture that seems like if something seems, quote unquote, too good to be true, that it has to be a scam. Like it can't actually work, you know. Um, And I think that's a, a mindset that a lot of people have is that if something seems too good to be true, that it, it can't actually happen. So um, but that's a lie. <laughs> Um, in a lot of cases, that's a lie. Some things that do, quote unquote, look too good to be true, they are true. They really do. Um, you know, I feel like, especially within the last year, because I, I feel like I've gotten way deeper into learning more about, you know, like different ways to build wealth and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning, I might have thought, like, how is it even possible that somebody could make that much money? But I feel like I've seen so many people at this point making that type of money that you could never you know I never even imagined that it has to be possible not everybody I mean I doubt everybody is scamming I'm I, I doubt it you know what I'm saying so I feel like that's what it really comes down to for me everybody cannot be scamming somebody has to be telling the truth and really putting in the work and doing what you know they say that they're doing it, so right funny thing is I think um hold on hold on what are you about to say Raphael oh I was going to say um we've been talking about high ticket versus low ticket lately and I think part of the reason some people raise their prices is because they see nobody's buying their stuff at the low prices because people are thinking like if it's that cheap it must be a scam so they're like you know what I'm tired of trying to convince you folks with the, with the low prices let me just raise it up and charge y'all like triple what it was 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 charging for and then they see the business like take off so you know it's, it's a funny thing definitely and the lottery tickets is um, crazy yeah okay okay for shades is the premier choice for sunglasses Top quality, unique, signature, fresh, trendy. 
Our shades provide significant UV light protection for eyes, and we have the best customer service around. The freshest and trendiest styles for both men and women. The finest shades to fit your style. Okiefa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Visit www.okiefashades.com. That's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A Shades.com. Or on IG or Facebook at Okiefa Shades. Or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock. So you think your sneakers look good, huh? Check this out. <laughs> Even the most exclusive sneakers once purchased look identical to everybody else's sneakers. Can I get a holla holla? So how do you take your boring regular sneakers and convert them to unique dynamic sneakers that will stand out? Yo, that answer is easy. You need to g- g- get laced with Get Lace Shoelaces. Yes, sir. Yeah, Get Lace is a lifestyle shoelace retailer dedicated to inspiring customers through a unique combination of products, creativity, and cultural understanding. We just want you to upgrade your sneakers. So get laced. Visit GetLacedLaces.com or check us out on Instagram at GetLaced.com. Underscore. Upgrade your sneakers with a black-owned business that provides international shipping, wholesale, custom, and fundraising options. Upgrade them sneakers, baby. He's a genius, man. Get yours today at GetLaceLaces.com. Premium sneakers need premium laces. It's a, it's, and that's the thing is, like, payday loans are a scam. Um, For sure. I mean, there's so many that we could talk about that are just out there that are real, legit scams. But just because somebody has monetized their worth doesn't mean that they're scamming. A lot of times we think it's a scam unless it comes through a job or unless it comes through the government. And unfortunately, that is what keeps you in bondage. What was interesting to me is um, we use that term so loosely and we don't realize the negative and harmful impact they can have on somebody's business just by labeling them that. And Earn Your Leisure spoke to this on their most recent podcast. And they're like, we got to stop just throwing that word around. Like just because somebody is selling a product, like it doesn't make it uh, unethical. Like I said, we only think that it's ethical if it comes from a job. If I go work my job, nine to five, hustle, hope for a raise, hope for PTO. That's an honest living. Like no fam, like you can literally monetize what's in your brain and you should. Every single one of us has a billion dollars in our brain. And you know who knows that? Your boss. And you know who gets to capture that upside? Your boss. And he does. Every time when you walk in that building and you help him make all that money, he knows your worth. He, they don't, they aren't ignorant to your worth. You are ignorant to your worth and they do it on purpose because they want to make it so that you are ignorant to your worth. I don't know anybody, anybody who has left their job and has made less than what they're making on their job. I woke up today and I was like, damn, like I don't even got to do shit and I'm good. Like I, I made a good amount of money in my sleep. And I used to like, I used to have to drive to the office and commute to the office, be underpaid. And it's like, why was I doing all that? Why? When I can do all this other stuff and I can create all these other things, I can create a book, I can create an inner circle, all these things that I can create and do. But you know, it was crazy. And I was thinking about this as I was riding on my bike last night is I was like, it's so cool that now that I have my own business, I can just strictly empower black folks. But the crazy part about it is other coaches been doing this. Like JP Morgan Chase is an institution that exists to empower white folks economically. And so it's like, they have institutions and businesses that already exist that do what we are just now doing. We think it's a scam, but they have companies out there that are giving you home loans, that are building you homes, that are giving you jobs, high paying jobs that are helping you do all these different things. They've been empowering their own. Asian folks have been empowering their own. We're just now getting to this point. I mean, not just now, we're getting back to this point because we've been here before. 
I saw some like there. Honestly, Black Wall Street wasn't the only Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street wasn't like that was it. And so we got to understand that like this is what we're about. And we've been about this. What happens sometimes is they will trick us into thinking that we we don't we don't have the ability to do these things. People get on this app all the time and be like, oh, well, you know, slavery is the reason why we can't win in America. I'm like, did you see what slaves built 20 years ago? Did you see what they built 100 years ago? You're 200 years, 300 years post that. And you're saying that you can't do what actual slaves did. Why? I'm confused. Because if that was the case, then the slaves wouldn't have been able to do it without any funding, without any backing, with made up money. She's made up money. They just make it up. It's an exchange of value. It's an exchange of labor. That's the value of money. Right, right, right. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you had a tweet. I was about to bring up. As an entrepreneur, you eat what you kill. As an employee, you eat what you kill. They still expect you to go all out, work long hours, dedicate yourself to their business. The difference is that you likely don't participate in the upside. The downside of both is probably. Yeah. Interestingly enough. The reason why I even found that to tweet it is because Bree found it and put it in an email and I was reading the email. I was like, I forgot I said that. I've forgotten. I have some good stuff in my blogs. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it definitely makes a lot of sense because I think when you really look at what a job is, you you are just. You know, I told somebody the other day, the middleman makes the most money. If you really think about it, the person in the middle who can connect two people really is the one that's going to make the most money. So whether it's, you know, I mean, I, a lot of people may think of Walmart or you know, something like that. But just think of that type of influence that somebody has in that way when they're able to connect those two people. But when you are an employee, you're just that person, you know, you basically, your boss has a boss who has a boss who has a boss, you know, and you're really feeding into that institution to help them be able to feed the next person. So you're kind of, it's like you're the I don't want to, and I don't want to say it in a bad way, but it's like you're the lowest person on that totem pole. You know, mm. you're the bottom. You know, you they you as the employee work, and then the person above you, you know, they may get paid more money. They may do less work than you do. Then the person above them, they're going to get paid more money, but they're going to do less work than that person does. That's under them. You know, so it's it's that constant momentum of just like remembering like no matter what you you eat off for what you get unless you allow somebody else to basically take a little piece off your plate so yeah um what what i take well first off to speak to the middleman aspect it's interesting because your your job is the business that is the middleman between you and the customer and so now you have the ability to go direct, which means you have the ability to charge what you're actually worth. And so now once you do that, you can start kind of putting in different phases. And so for Bree, if she wants to hire staff, she might have to raise her prices. You might have to raise your prices. And then once you've raised your prices, now you can start fitting in some other pieces that are going to do for you for a fraction of what you'd be earning for, for the hour. But the benefit is you are now the person getting the business. You're the person who's now marketing, advertising, growing the business. And that's massively value, valuable. Most people aren't going to do that. They're not going to build the brand. They're not going to spend money on advertising and marketing promotion. And so like that's why they don't. But when you step out of the doing the VA work thing, I think your processes will become even more efficient. They're great now, but I think it'd be even more efficient. But then also your scale is going to be huge. You'll have a hundred clients, 200 clients, because you can never get that many clients. If it was just you, there's not enough hours in a day. And so I remember Greg Cardone, he was talking about how, like, they're like, how many hours a day do you work? And he's like, well, I got 20 employees and they work eight hours a day. So I work about 160 hours a day. 
And I was like, no one person, it's probably like $1,600 per day, actually. If you have 20 employees, eight hours, that's 160. Anyway, that's 160 hours a day. And so my point is that like the job is the middleman. And so you got to get the middleman out the way, go direct to consumer through social media, through setting up your own landing pages, through all these different things. But one thing that I was saying, the point of that tweet was like, if you don't perform on your job, <clears throat> if you don't produce, if you don't show up, if you don't hustle, if you don't grind, what do you get? Nothing. You get fired. And if you get fired, you get nothing. And entrepreneurship is the same way. You got to show up. You got to hustle. You got to grind. You got to get after it. But the difference is if I do eight good hours of business work, I could probably make 10 times more money than I would make if I did eight good hours of job work. I look at what I used to make on the day at a job. And I was like, that's so funny because I can make that before I wake up without even doing anything. And then once I start applying myself to the business, then I can really 10 exit. And so like my goal per day is to make what my job was paying me every two weeks. My goal on Fridays is to make what my job pay me per month. So the goals change. And so um, <clears throat> it's just interesting. It's interesting because we always look at, um, I think we've just been conditioned to think this way. We've been conditioned to think that like the only way that like the most safe way to earn money is a job when actually the most safe way to be in poverty is to have a job because these jobs ain't paying us, especially if you black, they won't say it, but they're going to implement it. I, I've experienced it. I say from experience, I got a lot of education. I did everything I had to do con to continue to level up. And every time I leveled up, I met a new issue for why they wouldn't pay me what I needed to be paid. Or that's why when that when um, that brother on the ranch and gyms made that post, he was like he was working in corporate America, but he always felt like he was just fighting to just be there. And I felt that way. I felt that like I had to fight to literally keep the job. I had to fight to get the job and then I had to fight to keep the job because it was always somebody trying to get me up out of there. My last job, somebody trying to get me up out of there, no matter what I did, how hard I showed up, what I produced. There was a, there was a chick. She was trying to get me out of there. She ended up leaving. There's a dude. He wanted to get me out of there who then replaced her. And I was like, bro, like it's crazy how you can be a legend to your own and be ain't shit to another community. I'm I'm gonna go where they treat me like I'm legendary because nobody in the African-American community looks at me as though I'm not shit. They know I'm that dude. They know it. They know it. My family knows I'm that dude. People I meet on the internet know I'm that dude, but I'd be going over here trying to convince some random person to appreciate my worth. And they'd be like, nah, we can't. And it's not because I'm not that dude. It's because if I'm that, if I'm that dude and I'm not one of them, then I potentially can challenge whether their community is at the top of the pedestal. And they don't want that. It has nothing to do with whether you're actually dope or not. They will, they will uplift somebody who's worse than you before you because they have to maintain the image that their community is the shit. And people experience this all the time. Grown folks, adults. Like, I think that a lot of reasons why, like my dad, he retired early because he didn't want to deal with this shit no more. Mm -hmm. Not because he was done working. He's just tired of dealing with that shit. But you know what I do? I create a business. And so I've been looking at even my neighbor, my neighbor be looking at me like, how's this guy here? He's probably at least 10 to 15 years older than me. And he doesn't really speak to me. He doesn't say anything to me. He'd be looking at me crazy. And I was like, bro, like, I got the better for playing you. I got the, <laughs> like, I'm good, man. I'm half your age and I'm black. Like, but they just, they just don't want to see it. And I don't care if they want to see it. I'm going to shove it in their motherfucking face. Because I'm an <laughs> asshole, man. I'm an asshole. <laughs> now, you say if you want to grow your following, tweet whatever the hell you want to tweet. Because tweeting what you want to, despite the slander, is, is where it's at. What's Bree's take on that before we go? I just did a whole rant. I'm curious what her take is. Um, I think that you have to be very confident in yourself and your brand to do that. Um, 
I don't know if I'm there yet, um, personally. Um, but I think that you just have to be very confident in what you stand by, you know, and that's okay. Um, you know, I mean, and I think it's also the idea that just not caring what really anybody else has to think about, you mm-hmm. know, what your opinion is. I've always tried to be somebody who's understanding of other people's opinions. But I, I mean, I guess I'm not personally there yet, but I can tell you, I know Charles is there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we know Charles is there. He tweets whatever he wants, that's for sure. Um, Which I love because I think that it's very authentic. You know, he's not changing himself or anybody. You know, he is who he is. This is, you know, what he believes. And I think if you try to have a conversation with him about it, you know, if he don't want to hear it, then he don't want to hear it. And if he want to, you know, indulge in a conversation about it, then he will. But, you know, it's cool. (laughs) It's funny because I'm I'm not quite there yet either myself. And what's really strange is that I'm actually more blunt in person than I am on social media. That's just strange. Like people think I say crazy stuff in person, but I can't bring myself to do it online, which is I think is the opposite of what most people do. Most people get real courageous behind a damn keyboard all of a sudden. And but then again, they also have an avatar that doesn't show their face and fake names and stuff like that. But I also think it's the aspect of like I think a part of the reason why I may not be as comfortable with being as upfront on social media is just because I still think that I'm trying to mentally transition out of being an employee Mm. compared to being a business owner. You know, like I know that I own a business, but I also in the back of my head, you know, I've been told I've been said, well, maybe you shouldn't tweet that because, you know, what if your job sees or what if somebody important sees or whatever, you know, so I think I'm still trying to mentally transition out of Mm. I'm an employee to I own my own business. So if somebody is a good fit for me to work with, they're going to work with me regardless, you know, of, you know, what I may put online if they think I'm a good fit, then they think I'm a good fit, you know, Um, just because if I want to cuss in all of my tweets and you don't like cussing, well, then maybe you're not a good fit for me. You know, that's (laughs) just, (laughs) you know, and that it is what it is. You know, there's so many people out in the world, but I think transitioning, I think for me out of that employee mindset is I think a process that I'm personally going through. I think that the interesting thing about social media is it's kind of like opposite world. In real life, I keep a lot of stuff inside, but I be thinking. And so like social media has kind of become my outlet for me to kind of like tweet the things that I can't necessarily say to your face, which sometimes is unfortunate because sometimes people who I know in person will read it. They'd be like, ow, ow, ow. They get kind of mad. But like, I mean, I'm not an extrovert at all. I'm an introvert. But I feel like the misconception with introverts is they think that like, just because we're not out there doesn't mean that like, we don't have those same thoughts, those same feelings, those same emotions. Like in a lot of ways, I would want to be an extrovert in person. And I think I'm working towards that. I'm doing more speaking engagements, doing more things like that. But a lot of it is just being afraid of the criticism. But on social media, I don't really got to feel the criticism. I can block you. I can mute you. I can just act like I don't see it. But in person, what's so weird about it is like in person, people are different. In person, even if somebody's not on your level, they feel like they're on your level. In person, like on the internet, people know. It's like, these are my stats. This is what I've done and I'm doing. And so like the conversation is different versus when like I'm in person, we all breathe the same air. You would never know who I am or what I do unless I told you. A lot of times I don't tell people and they don't they they know because somebody else told them. But if I never told them, I'm just, that's why when I go into the store, they'd be like, who's this 
dude in these uh these Yeezy slippers. He's probably gonna rob us. He's probably gonna try to steal. I was in the man, I was at the, the fishing store and I put my phone in my back pocket because it's a bigger pocket. Like it's easy to put my phone in my back pocket. So I put my phone in my back pocket and I saw the lady. She's like, We need somebody on the floor right now. I was like, bro, like I could buy this whole fucking store right now. <laughs> it is it is it is frustrating, man. I went in that store, spent like five hundred dollars and I got some lady who's like 50 years old, who makes whatever she makes, looking at me crazy. It's the most, one of the most degrading feelings is to like know that you got it and still have folks looking at you as if you don't have it. And so like, that's why I don't really like the real world too much. I kind of prefer social media because like, that's why when the whole COVID thing happened, like I prefer searching shopping online. So I'm got to be watched in the damn store by somebody who's a fucking security guard who's making $12 an hour, who's just like some kid. I was in Detroit, man. And I was walking out of the store. I went in there to get like some lotion. And I was like, kind of walk around. It was cold. It's cold in Detroit. I had a long jacket. And like, as I'm walking out the door, like security guard chases me out just in case the sirens go off. And like, these are the things that I experience in the day to day, but like on the internet, I don't. And so like, that's why I feel like I'm more myself on the internet because I can be at the liberty of being, which can be to a fault because sometimes there's things that I would express on the internet that I wouldn't express in person, but you'll get hold to it in real life as though you just be out there just cussing folks out. And so one thing that I would say is that um, in terms of building a following is the reason why I say that is because you got to find who's a part of your tribe. You got to find who believes what you believe. And you also got to get people out of the paint who don't believe what you believe. Like in real life, we're sitting here around folks who literally don't rock with us. Mm. They just happen to be pretty or they happen to be family or they happy to be they happy the to have some cool Jordan. Yeah, the co-worker. And like social media allows us to weed those people out. And social media allows us also to find dope people who get it. I was listening to the David Shands podcast and he was talking about how when you invest big money, you get around people who get it. And there's a difference between somebody who wants to do business and somebody who understands business. And they understand, like, even with Bree, Bree's like, yeah, my business is six months old. I've done this. My mindset is like, all right, well, that's actually ahead of pace. Congrats on that. Where can we take this in four years? Because that's dope. I'm not over here like, oh, shoot, ignorant, ignorant, ignorant statement. Like, I understand business. I understand the process of growing a business so I can apply my knowledge of growing a business to her current business or Raphael with his current business or anybody in the mastermind with their current business. And that's why it's important to get around people who get it and avoid people who do not. I'm not going to spend my time trying to convince certain people, especially when I found people who get it. I'd rather just talk to people who get it. I'd rather spend the $10,000 to go to this mastermind to only talk to people who understand business, who understand that you get back what you give, who understand that you got to add value before you extract value, who understand these things. I don't have to convince you, who understand that a business might not come to fruition with the first six months to the first year. It might take some time because quite honestly, if Bree's doing what she's doing at six months, at four years, massive levels. But we're thinking four-year timeline. Not shoot. What can I get at month seven? <laughs> what can I get at month eight? Dude, we winning. Like, no, like long game, long game, long game, long game. We understand the long game because we understand it takes a long game. And so like, that's my only thing is you can't be holding back if you want a social media following because people want to follow people who they believe are authentic as well. Like they want to follow people who they believe are going to just tell it how it is. And so anything that I say is usually how I truly feel. And I'm trying to create an impact. 
I say a lot of things about like people relate people in dating and relationships and 50 50 and all that stuff. And it's because it's how I feel. I'm not trying to stir up the waters. I feel like we live in a society where folks want to go back to what it was, but they also want to benefit on how it is. And that's why there's the conflict. That's why I have friends who are older and they're not married and they probably gonna get married because they meet these like one of my friends, you know him. He met a girl. She was dope. Engineer USC who had everything going for, but she thought her responsibility was just to take in the relationship. And I'm just like, that's so amazing to me that you don't want to add any value to the relationship. You just think you just want to extract. But what amazes me even more is people don't realize that when you add value, you get more value. If you add value to a man, he's going to go over and beyond to make sure that you eat. But y'all don't want to give shit. So you don't get shit. And then you be like, these dudes ain't shit. No, you, you ain't shit. You do some shit. He do some shit. We get some shit. I'm telling you, we all got to control. It's not a fucking just sit around and just live type deal. We are in last place and everybody's over here just like, well, I'm not going to do nothing unless they do something. And I'm not going to do something, do nothing unless she does something. And we just over here doing nothing. Wonder we ain't getting nothing. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. That is the uh, Charles Oglesby Todd Capital Guide to Relationships. You do shit, <laughs> they do shit, they all get shit together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the um, the catalyst for that whole tweet, well, for one thing, saying what you really mean is actually the best way to grow your following anyway, because there will be some controversy sooner or later, and that that builds the following, man. Like that, that's what makes you go viral, not tweeting like inspirational quotes all day long. Like people are like that, but it's only going to take you so far. Yeah. And probably people get bored with it after a while anyway. But the catalyst for that tweet was, I believe, um, Crystal Williams, friend to the show. She was on episode, episode. But anyway, she had a tweet where she was talking about how, how she saw somebody wearing like a bunch of designer clothes. Yada, yada, yada. Not really important. And surprisingly, I, I got on Instagram. I saw Chris Johnson, also a friend to the show, criticizing the exact tweet. I was surprised, but he did cross the name out. And I was thought it was strange. Like, oh, I know exactly what he was talking about because I saw the tweet. But to Crystal's credit, she went in the comments and she said, man, it's the retweet for me. Like, thank you for like <laughs> reposting or whatever. I appreciate it. And that's all she said. And he was like, you know, I um, it wasn't a personal attack. You know, that's why I crossed out your name and stuff. I think her biggest regret was probably that he did cross out her name because nobody knew who, who, who most people didn't know who, who it was, man. But it was like, it's like, probably, she was probably like, damn, I wish I left my name up there so I get more followers. And then she got more sales too. Like y'all said, she got more sales. So definitely, I guess, tweet what you want. Yeah. And, and, and that's true. Like we've said this on this show before, but ain't nobody on social media ever sent me a check. I literally have gotten no checks from anybody on social media, despite their opinions, about their, despite their criticism, despite their feedback. They've never said, hey, I want you to do better. So here is some funding. It's always like, you ain't shit. You said this. This is a whack opinion. But they aren't paying my bills, man. And they aren't growing the following. At best, they'll do your retweet or they might partner with you on stuff. Yeah. But they're never going to pay your bills. But we were talking about last night how environment is everything. I don't want people to be tweeting to, to meet the status quo. And they get stuck around a bunch of people who aren't going to help them grow who aren't going to pay them, who aren't going to buy their products. And so by you just kind of falling in line with everybody else, you're going to get what everybody else is getting. You're never going to get ahead. Like if I just sat back and just tweeted little, like what everybody else is tweeting, 
I wouldn't have met so many really cool people. Like Raphael's probably here because I tweeted some wild ass shit. And he was like, you know what? I rock with that, man. I rock with that's how I feel too. Like that's how it happens. I didn't, I don't, I didn't know Raphael before Twitter. Raphael found my Twitter somehow. I don't know what he found it. Maybe he could tell us. How'd you find my Twitter, Raphael? Um, well, I think I'm pretty sure I first found you through um your interview on Erica Williams right. YouTube. And then mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I, I went first to your Instagram. And I, you caught my attention because I have a private account my personal account is private i followed you and you followed me right back and you want you probably don't remember this but i dm you was like because to me it was strange this is like early social media for me because i figured you've got a big following figure you, you're just trying to sell stuff to people like you don't care about it, following everybody back so i dm you and said like how come how can you follow me back and you were like i don't know you follow me i followed you back <laughs> this is like two, <laughs> two years ago it's just bizarre to me I, i'm just i'm probably just strange but i was like oh okay so i paid attention to you then i went on twitter and i saw everything you said i was like a lot of stuff you was saying i was like I agree with it. So it's like it's because you're an immigrant, man. <laughs> But it's even that aspect of like engaging. Like I know we're talking about like just you know saying what you want, but him following you back probably made you feel like oh he's a regular person, you know, to a degree. Oh, let right. me pay attention to some of the stuff he said. And, you know, I was attracted to taking Annalisa's course because every time I DM'd Annalisa about something or I interacted with some of her content, she always interacted back with me. So I mm -hmm. felt like oh she. She's a normal, you know, she's a normal. She's not trying to act, you know, like she's above anybody or she can't answer anybody's messages or, you know, anything like that. It helped with that aspect of feeling like, oh, I can actually, you know, interact with this person because they're still a normal person. Because I think that's a big misconception a lot of people have, too, is that some of these people who do, you know, who have been really successful, like most of the time, in my experience, people who I've talked to who have been successful you know, in whatever industry they're in, most of the time they want to talk about what they do. You know, they want to give that information out, but they think, I think some people get intimid intimidated by the idea of like, oh, this person's making this much money. So they're not going to want to answer my question or they're not going to want to talk to me or, you know, anything like that. So even that interaction part of it does help with making other people, you know, build that trust or see, oh, this is a regular person that I could interact with basically and talk to. So yeah. yeah, that definitely made a difference to me. Like there was somebody else that was kind of I they weren't similar, but they were doing like similar things at the time. I was kind of like trying to decide who I was gonna go with, Charles or this other person. But Charles just had a different thing going on. It was definitely more controversial. This other person didn't really put out their personal thoughts. I think Charles knows who I'm talking about. I'm not gonna call them names, but you know, because I mean I got nothing bad to say about them anyway. But what are they doing? Was it like they had like an investment club or something? Yeah, something like that. So there was like an investment club, and I was like I'm not going to be a part of both. That was a long time ago, man. That was a long time ago. I think I know you're talking about, though. Like, yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, one of the dudes who I used to, um, one of the people that I started the investment club with, everybody, everybody who dogs me comes back. is like, man, I respect what you got going on. And so um, I think I know you're talking about, but I will say that like, who wants to live a life where they can't express their true feelings, man? That's not cool. I don't want to live like that. You only get one of these things. So it's like, why am I going to be out here just like doing what everybody else is doing? Also, I like to look at the results of what people are doing. And so it's like, 
I don't just look at what people are saying. I look at their lifestyle and I'm like, is that the lifestyle that I want? So do I care if they agree with what I'm saying? Because that's right. not the lifestyle I'm aiming for. Like, I'm, I want a boat and an RV. That's the next goal. Who does mm-hmm. that? I want a boat and an RV. Like, that's my next goal. So I can only really interact with boat and RV people. And if you are not a voter or RV person or somebody who aspires to have a boat or an RV, we don't really got too much to talk about. And so if you disagree with me, but you don't own a boat, okay, all right, I'm going to stick over here with the boat folks because boat folks don't care about people who don't own boats. We don't care. We're not over here concerned with their opinions and their thoughts and their views. Like, I don't care. And that might sound really crazy. So like some people will disagree with me and they'll say like, oh, Charles, you're this, you're that. But I'm like, well, do they have the lifestyle that I want? Are they doing the things that I want to do? Why do I care if they think that my opinions are wrong? And even if they do, they might not have gotten it the way that I'm getting it. And so I've fallen out with a few people but I'm like, just because you don't like if it's so it goes both ways, it's like, all right, either they have the lifestyle that I want, then cool. Or are they going to help me get the lifestyle that I want? Because just because you have the lifestyle that I want, if you're not going to help me get there, I don't really care too much if you agree with my methods or not. You wasn't about to help me up. And so like it goes both ways. It's kind of an interesting perspective to take. But I want people to because I see social media is kind of like therapy in a lot of ways. It's like an outlet. I'm getting my thoughts out because if I hold it in, I'm going to go crazy. And so I just tweeted out. Right, right, right. Now, it's funny. It's on my phone. Um, I got affiliate sale for the uh, mastermind group. Of people. Yesterday, Somebody, or huh? Yesterday or today? Yesterday or today? Just like 20 minutes ago. Lit, somebody signed, I saw one come through the other day for you, too. Somebody signed up for the mastermind group. And those listen, if you're not part of the group, you should you should join, too. And last night, we had a powerful speaker by the name of Dr. Uyi Abraham, creator of Bonza, which is kind of like an all-in-one platform. We create websites, host websites, uh, host your courses all kind of stuff. And he came in, he gave a, a power, really powerful, inspiring talk to the group with action steps, not mm-hmm. just like motivate, motivate, motivate. He gave us action steps and he gave, he gave it to us rapid fire. And one of the things he said was, those who will criticize you will never pay you. So don't even pay attention to them. And that 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 was, that was powerful. So that's something to really think about with your, with your whole social media problem. Yeah, 100%. I like that guy. I actually met him in person in uh, Atlanta at the Circle of CEOs conference. Um, I was drawn to him by his success. But the crazy part about it is another reason I was drawn to him was because of the lifestyle. And so like he's on he's on his social media. He's like, I got a Rolex. He's like, I got a, a, a Rolls Royce. He's like, he has the nice house. He's doing it. And so what he was talking about is how like in a lot of ways, um, people get drawn to that stuff. Like that makes it real for them. It's one thing to say, I got money. It's another to like show the trappings of your money. There's a dude on on Twitter who talks about getting all this money, but I look at his page and I don't see it. So I'm always like, uh, I think he's lying. But like, it is what it is. But Dr. Uye is that dude. He created a great company called Vonza. He's a successful serial entrepreneur. He was married to one woman. He stayed with that woman, which I think is important because it's hard because women, you know, sometimes women... You know, they make it kind of hard, you know, and they hit kind of hard. But outside of that, you know, um, we're doing some really cool things. You also say stop smalling, stop solving small problems. Right. Dudes make it hard to be married to us, too. So I'm not even going to say, like, we're just like the perfect person. I know I'm not easy to be with. I'm crazy. I'll be going all over the place and stuff, saying crazy stuff, doing <laughs> crazy stuff. I don't think it's crazy. I think I'm Kanye. I think it's kanye I'm not crazy. I'm Kanye-zy. That That's a tweet right there. Fire these tweets off, Raphael. Let's get it going, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you said uh, sales add up faster than hours do. You also said the best part about earning from sales, you don't feel that you give away a piece of your life for your money. For money. Yeah, man. Um, I think it's kind of self-explanatory, but it's like 
you know, when you get like a paycheck and it is for 40 hours or 80 hours and you're like, damn, like I just gave this person like 80 hours of my life. I can never get that time back. Like that sucks. But with sales, it never feels like that. With sales, it's like you do something once to get paid forever. So that I did something a long time ago for an hour of my time and I still get paid for that hour over and over and over and over and over. But on the job, you only get paid if you show up for new hours. So I get paid mm. for an old hour all the time. But if I had a job, I'd have to commute, sit through traffic, sit in the office. Personally, I don't like sitting behind a desk and calling it work. My wife be seeing me sitting on the couch. She's like, you lazy. I just, I just made a thousand dollars sitting on the couch. Okay. How's that lazy? I made a thousand dollars sitting on the couch on a Saturday. Like I used to have to work a lot for a thousand dollars. Okay. And, but people will see me on the couch. People will see me in my pajamas and think that I'm not working. Like, no, anytime I got a phone in my hand, I'm working this phone right here. We be working. Make sure you check out the freedom pack. we got a few of those for $97. We also got some great content. We also got the options, but come in. It's like, that's work. That is the work. The work doesn't have to be what we've been told work was. We think that work is plantation work. And so when we see somebody making money by sitting in front of a zoom camera, we kind of think that they're not making money. We think they're not working because they're not sweating. They're not hustling. But one of the things that one of the things that um, the, the pandemic did for us is it showed us we didn't got to be in, in somebody's office to make a dollar. All we need is access to Zoom. All we need is a laptop that has remote desktop. That's all we need. And they didn't expect that. That's why folks are like, I'm not going back to work. There's people who live near me who work in downtown LA or who work in San Francisco. And they're like, I'm not going there, man. If a job requires me to be in the office, I'm not doing it because they can still do the same job. There's a girl who works out of a van. She has three jobs. They gave us the cheat code. When I, the first time we had, the first time we had the shutdown, (laughs) right. The first time we had the shutdown, I went home and I saw how big I could do things. I hated when I had to go back to the office because I was able to do my job and grow my business simultaneously. I didn't have anybody checking on my shoulder. I was running sales like crazy. I was tweeting like crazy, but I was also doing what they needed me to do. I was more productive on both ends working from home. And they showed us that we could do that. And that was their mistake. And then people were like, I'm not, I'm not going back. And so like when that happened, I was like, I'm not going back. I'm not doing it. And here we are. Interestingly enough, though, I would I think that maybe it was pandemic times. Maybe it was whatever. But I think that I used to kind of work harder when I had a job. Like now I do like a few hours of work and I lay down <laughs> and I like I'd be I'm kind of tired. Like I don't drink coffee anymore. Like I used to drink coffee like crazy. I don't drink coffee anymore um, because I needed that energy. So I feel like to a certain extent, having a boss does make you work harder, but I still make more money than I made on the job. So I can't really complain. So Bree, you you got you just launched uh, a new product, oh. your first product, I believe, right? Yes, <laughs> I was actually just about to say about that. So I think um, it definitely hits different when you sell a course because I felt like I put out this work, you know, and like you, you know, like Charles was kind of saying, it's not like I had to do it all over again, you know, like when somebody purchased the course, I didn't have to like okay, let me do this webinar to, you know, re put all of this information out all over again. Like it's already recorded. It's already written up. You go ahead and listen to it whenever you want to read it, whenever you want to. 
Um, so it definitely, it definitely hits different. And I think, um, you know, like I said, you know, I just started really my business six months ago. So I definitely think I went through a lot of like mindset changes within the past six months or changing my mindset of thinking like I have to trade my time in order to make money. Um, because I've always heard that, you know, um, you know, like growing up and I had great parents and my grandma helped raise me and everything. Thing and it was fantastic, but it was always, oh, you have to have a job. You're going to work that job for this amount of time. Then you're going to retire and you're going to live off of, you know, a social security check or whatever. And, you know, that was how life was going to kind of go. But now I realize like, I don't have to trade my time for money. You know, I put out this course um, and now, you know, people buy my course and I don't have to worry about, you know, um, sitting down and doing, you know, like I said, the work tech, I've already done the work. It's just now at this point, you know, they're going to pay me basically for the work that I already did. So, <laughs> but, but that's how the wealthy move, man. Yeah. And I think that what's unfortunate, like when the more that I make money through products, the more that I realize people make money through products. And so, for example, when I was filling out an, a, a credit application for American Express card, and it was a business credit uh, application, in terms of income, it said, what is your total sales? And I was like, that's crazy. Like, there's literally people who they make money based on their sales, not based on hours work, not based on hourly income, not based on any of that stuff. And that's why they're wealthy. The reason why Steve Jobs is wealthy is because a lot of people buy the iPhone. And if millions upon millions upon millions of people buy your iPhone, you're going to make a lot of money. If millions upon millions upon millions of people buy Teslas, you're going to make a lot of money. It's not about working hard. It's about creating something that can sell a lot, sell a lot of some shit, and you are going to make a lot of money. And like that's I, that's one of the things that I realized even when I was working um, in Watts at the restaurant. I was seeing the customers come in. And I was like, she's making crazy money per hour. She's making like thousands of dollars per hour. So she's working in her business, but because she works in sales, her income is massive. And so, yeah, she's there putting her hourly time in, but her hourly time is really just doing the back end of what she's already sold. And so that's how you create wealth. People always talk about like real estate being how you create wealth. No business is how you create wealth. If you look at the Forbes list, it ain't nothing but business owners. That's why software companies make so much money because they have digital products. They've cracked the code. Software is how you become a billionaire. When you can like even 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 social media, if you think about this, you know what social media is selling us? They got billions of users and they sell all of our data and they sell all of our impressions and they're selling us. They have billions of people's data that they're selling off. You have to sell if you want to create wealth, period. That's where it is. And the great thing about it is it's not a lot of racism when it comes to selling because either the product works or the product doesn't work. It's not, it's a black product. And so this doesn't work. Like, no, it's a product. It solves a problem. Therefore, we're getting money. And so if I can encourage anybody to sell more shit, man, create more product. The reason why rappers make money is because they sell tickets, not because they just exist. They used to sell records. Now they got to sell concert tickets, but you got to be selling something. So first you make their money on records and concerts. Now you don't make money really on records. Maybe you make money on like spins and streams, but still like if I could get that to anybody, you got to just sell more stuff. It's yeah. well tech. It's a different feeling, man. When you create something and you get a sale, it's like you could be making a hundred thousand dollars on your job, and then you get ten dollars <laughs> from a, a product you created, and say, "Whoa, your mind is blown." Yeah. It's ten dollars, my dude. 
but it's like you do the work once and you can get paid forever that little t- you could sell you could sell that ten dollar product all the way to four five eight million it's like they say it's like ten dollars from your own system is better than a thousand dollars from somebody else's system yeah it definitely it definitely hits different for sure like when i first got like when i got my first invoice like I was ecstatic because I felt like I did not like, although I worked to get the invoice, you know, like it hits way different when you know that the money coming in is going to you. Like it didn't go through somebody else to get to you. It came to you. Like the other day I got my first affiliate sale with Annalisa's course. Right. And I literally was in the car with my husband. We driving down the road. I got an email popped up on my phone. I said, babe, I made my first affiliate sale. Mm. I said, that hit different right there. You know, because I felt like, I mean, obviously she put in the work. She, you know, um, you know, put the course out, but like, I didn't do anything. I talked to somebody through it, you know, through DMs. I answered a couple questions that they had. And I said, you know, if you're interested in getting the course, you know, the link to the course is in my bio and boom, an affiliate sale. You know, I didn't have to do that much. I talked to the person 10 minutes at most, you know, but it hits way different when it comes from like, it doesn't come from an employer. Like it comes from your business, something you're doing. So I think it's like, I would always kind of take for granted the money that I made on the job because I never knew when it'd be my last check. Mm -hmm. Like you never know. And like, honestly, like we always talk about mental health, but like how healthy are you mentally if another dude can control whether you can feed your family and they can turn that switch off at an instant and you know it. And so you show up every day working as if every day could be your last. And so like, that's the interesting thing when it comes to like two week notices. I was like, man, if they want a two week notice, they got to give you a two week notice. I was like, the last two jobs that I quit, I ain't give them no notice. (laughs) I just packed up and I was out. Like I'm out. Because I've had jobs that didn't give me that same uh, dignity. They didn't give me that same uh, courtesy, rather. And so, like, I think only earning money on your own is more about having money that you control, that you can turn off and on at whim. Like, it's such a crazy feeling to know that I make money wherever I go. So it doesn't matter if I'm in Detroit on a Tuesday. It doesn't matter if I'm in Texas on a Friday and a Saturday. It doesn't matter. I'm going to still get money. I'm going to still promote. I'm going to still advertise. I'm going to still get sales. I'm going to still do what I got to do. And that's empowering psychologically. And I think that that is important for your mental health. We are, everybody's out here talking about mental health, but they ain't over here talking about jobs. And a job is very detrimental to your mental health. They be over here talking to you like you ain't nothing. They be here treating like you aren't good enough. You aren't competent enough. You aren't worthy of making the next level. And people don't want to admit it because everybody on the internet makes six figures apparently. But the majority yeah. of us are not as happy with our jobs as we like to pretend to be. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. It's different. Like, you can't, you can't, you can't earn while you sleep. I mean, I woke up this morning and saw another pre-order for um my uh my podcast guy, podcast star. Link will be in the notes. I was like, man, that's cool. That's a dollar that I didn't really work for, honestly. I mean, I was sleeping. <laughs> I didn't talk to nobody. I didn't tell them to buy it. I mean, I didn't talk to them, put out a tweet or something. But I didn't talk to this person. I didn't even know who they are. I looked at the emails. Like, just to see if it's somebody recognized that they can recognize some of the people from the, the email but like I do not know this guy and they bought it that is cool one of, the best parts, one of the best parts about having a business is getting money from strangers right and it's like uh, like you said that two week notice thing is like to me that's old professionalism that's like a way to like exploit workers man like you gotta be professional give you two weeks notice but you give us like two seconds notice if that like, you just come tap us I've on the show I've been in that situation I literally have worked at a job 
I, right, this was like right when the pandemic started, I was working at a job. They, they basically said we were going to do remote working. So I was working home, you know, from home, had my laptop, everything like that. I got a call. I promise you guys, I promise. I, I work from eight, say I work from 8.30 to five o'clock. I got a call at 4.15 and it said, today is your last day, five o'clock. It's, it's done. I've worked an entire <laughs> day for you. An and entire like, day. My um, and that wife. was that was like a switch to me when yeah. I realized that like I worked an entire day, an entire like you knew that this was coming. You couldn't tell me, you couldn't warn me. Like I knew that companies were gonna be freaking out. You know, when the pandemic first started, they didn't know what in the world was going on. You know, but it was like you knew somebody knew that this was coming. You could have just sent me an, a hint. You know, hey, this may be coming. You know, but no hint, no nothing. It was just like, you know, you know, we'll have to, you know, end your employment. And I'm like, today? You mean like right now? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay. I mean, what do you you say at that point? I mean, it's not like you can beg. I'm not begging for my job. You know, you said today's my last day. Well, it's my last day then. You know, so. Yeah, I'll Um, be part of Mass Fund. Oh, go ahead, Charles. I was going to say. When my wife was pregnant, when we were pregnant, um, we had our son in March. And so she went on maternity leave before March, of course, around like January, I think. We had the baby. We're just living life. Started uh, the process of buying a house. And like her job is like, oh, yeah, um, I know your maternity leave is supposed to end in September, but we don't need you to come back. And I was like, wow. So like everything that you had planned is just kind of like gone out the window. And um, to me, I think it lights a fire under you because... I've been I've been fired by people who I didn't think were better than me, who I think who I thought just got there because maybe because they're pretty. They're like, I'm pretty and I can sell people want to buy what I got to sell. So therefore, I'm the manager of this branch. I was in a situation like that. Our manager was fine. But I didn't think that she deserved there to be there because she was educated and she was qualified that she was just there because she just had she had a nice butt, you know, like and she could show them people want to give her money. And like that really happens. Think about this. There's somebody who is your superior because she's fine. I never wanted that to be my life. I never wanted that to be what was my existence. And quite honestly, what African-American people don't really realize, and people have been talking about this a lot, but like, this is going to sound crazy, but in a lot of instances, African immigrants get preferential treatment to actual African-Americans. And so you're in a space where somebody who, when you're growing up, you're like, oh man, your name is, you're an African booty stretcher and now he's your boss. (laughs) And it's not because he's necessarily better than you. Yeah, they do certain things that are better than you. Yeah, they might buy education. Yeah, they might do all these different things, but they're also seen as more safe in the workplace, just like women are seen as more safe in the workplace. I've been telling folks that black women out earn black men for the longest time. They didn't believe me until I showed them the stats. I showed them the stats. They're like, oh, shoot. Oh, man. Like, yeah, I've been telling y'all that. It's obvious. You don't got to look too far to see that they're out earning you. The only way that you as an African-American man can compete is by starting your own business. And it might sound crazy, but like, it's the truth. And I'm not the only person who's realized that is the truth. Um, There's other communities that they realize that they're not going to be elevated into these spaces. So what do you do? Great things we live in America. America, you can start your own. I'm not hating on anybody else for being able to benefit from a system that doesn't necessarily set itself up to cater to me. But if I'm not doing everything that I can outside of that system to still win, that's my L. I'm not willing to take that L. So I'm big on entrepreneurship. 
So I'm big on building your business and serving your people because I know that that's just how it is. I'm not going to sit here and try to force my way into a system that's never going to let me win. I'm going to be like, F that system, man. I'll build my own. Um, it is what it is. I'm not downplaying anybody who's able to get ahead because they fine. I'm not downplaying anybody who's able to get ahead because their last name is different. Kudos to them. But as for me and my house, we still got to run it up and we still kind of lightweight in the competition. Like I'm in competition with a lot of folks. And I, I can't lose. I, I refuse to lose. If I got to get it through my own system, then it is what it is. If I can't get it through that system and I've tried and I keep getting education and keep getting credentials and keep doing all these different things, I keep hitting the wall. I got to go find something else. Yeah, man, you don't have control at your job, man. I'm like, I'm at a crossroads at my job now. I'm like, yesterday there was a big like company-wide meeting. They told us about it like the day before. And everybody's like, what is this meeting going to be about? We get there. They, they blocked off like an hour and a half something. Like, they got everybody off the floor for an hour and a half and stuff. Something. The actual talk was only like 10 minutes. It's like we're doing a restructuring and we eliminated your position and you basically got two weeks to like, but we, we're not firing y'all. Y'all got the opportunity to apply to be, instead of being supervisor, y'all be managed. You get rid of your position, but you can, you can move up or you could demote yourself and keep the same thing. But you got to apply and, and it's basically all going down in two weeks. Like interviews and decisions are going to be made pretty much in two weeks. And it's like As someone who worked in HR, that is just too stressful for me now. I can't do that. I can't. I, don't, I just feel like I'm at. I mean, I, I know and I understand the aspect of like from being the background of having, you know, that HR background and having been there and understanding that, that structural part of it. Like, of course, you they make decisions and you got to kind of maneuver people around. But like that's. I think that was one part of the reason why I didn't go back to my nine to five was because I just kept telling my husband, this is too stressful. Like worrying about this job is too stressful. I have, and I promise my husband told me a million times when I first started my business, and I'm not going to say having a business is not stressful because it is, it can be stressful, but I have been the least stressed that I have ever been running my own business than I have working for somebody else. And it's a, cause I think it's just a different type of stress that you go through when you have your own business. It's the stress of, well, you know, like we said, you know, like we were saying before, if you don't kill, you don't eat. So I know even when I don't want to get up out my bed in the morning, I still I got to get up and do something. I mean, I got to do something for my business, even if I'm just tweeting from my bed or <laughs> you know, working from, I got to do something, you know, you got to do something to continue to have the money coming in. But that aspect of like relying on somebody else to kind of make sure that that's, I just, that was too stressful for me. I was worried about if they were going to let me take off time to go to physical therapy, if they were going to let me go to my doctor's appointment, I was gonna have to use all my personal time to go to my doctor's appointments. I was like, this is ridiculous. I don't want to have to do that. You know, so that stressful aspect of, and I understand, you know, for some people, nine to fives work and it might be for them, you know, because being an entrepreneur, I think everybody should be a business owner. Now, I know everybody should not, does not fit being an entrepreneur, you know, but I think you should make money outside of your nine to five in some type of way. Um, but that that's definitely an aspect of stress that's there yeah. when it comes to having a job, always worrying about if you can do this and if you can do that, or it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like um, the people who are kind of anti 
employment are like the new kind of Harriet Tubman's because we're over here trying to show people that there's a better way and that you can be free. But you don't realize like there's folks who are just like, nah, like master take good care of us. And it's, did you know that like people who like were slaves and were free actually went back to slavery because it was better? They were so poor that they went back to slavery. They chose slavery on purpose. And so to see what we see now in terms of like people who are so in love with the job and people who want to fight you over the job, it's not unique. It's something that we've already experienced. But my thing is, I just want you to accept the job for what it is. I just want you to know that you ain't got no control. You have no say so. You have no leverage. You have no ownership. You have no equity. You can't pass it down to your kids. You can't even get your kids a job there if you wanted to, more than likely. And you're putting all your effort and energy into making somebody and their family more wealthy. And take that with that what you take from it. You can either agree or you can disagree, but you don't get to call me names. You don't get to say I'm toxic. You don't get to like do all these crazy things. Like that's just my opinion, but it's also my reality. And I like it over here and I do everything that I can to stay over here. And um, it is what it is. Some people don't want to be free and that's okay. On that note, we're going to wrap it up. And Bree, I just, we didn't really hit too many tweets, but we did get Bree on the show. That's kind of what happens when we have a guest, but shout out to her for being a good sport and actually wanting to come on. She wasn't over here like all shy and stuff. Yeah, it was a last minute thing, but she came on. Um, So Bree, yeah, I got to run and go and get a stupid uh, COVID shot. Not ready, not ready uh, thrilled about it, but tell them, tell them again, your information, Bree, and where they can find you, Twitter, the Instagram, Instagram, all that really can find you. And oh, but first, tell us about product that you just dropped. Okay, so um, well, first I'll say where everybody can find me at. So I'm at the Thorough VA on all platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. So everything is the same, even LinkedIn. I'm still the Thorough VA on there too. Nice. Um, so you'll find me there. Um, but I did release a product. It is called um, the uh, uh, before you hire a VA guide, it is basically 10 questions that you need to ask yourself as a business owner before you hire a virtual assistant, things to make sure that you have, um, you know, in place a lot, you know, some things touch on like mentality and making sure that you really understand your business. But it's just basically kind of a go-to guide with a checklist um, before you hire a VA, the things you need to make sure are in place. So that way you can hire a virtual assistant successfully. So that's my goal. And I did my course from the perspective of not just a virtual assistant, but as a business owner as well. So I tried to be impartial in my course. So, yeah. but you can find it on Gumroad, I will make sure that you guys have the link and everything so you guys can put it in show notes or however yep. you guys do that. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I'll make sure you guys have that. But it can be found on all of my platforms in the bio. Um, it's just, you know, as everybody says, click the link in the bio and you will find my course. <laughs> so uh, cool. That's cool. me. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Tweet Talk Pod. Tweet Talk pod follow charles on twitter at real todd billion follow myself on twitter at work money life you can follow us on instagram
Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion. And also follow Todd Capital on Instagram at Todd.Capital. Todd with two Ds. And I'd like to leave you guys with one last tweet from Charles. We might have to revisit it next episode because I think uh-huh. we need to unpack this one. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to make sure I get this on uh, Instagram. Hold on one second, one second, one second, one second. All right, go. Oh, good. So this last tweet I want to leave. I want to leave you guys with from Charles that we might have to revisit next week because I think it needs to be unpacked. But Charles said, there ain't no money in labor. So people, get some products. <laughs> get some products. But episode 97 with special guest Brianna Coleman, the thorough VA, yes, Rafael yes. and Charles, we are out. Bye, Peace. everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this is Donald the Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast, featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag, you know what I can do. And so without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk Podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm giving you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.